You're two steps from uh, Pacific Avenue in Skin City. Hello, listener. It's episode 36 of the long hiatus Hard Men to Please podcast, where we get deep in the guts of a movie from script to screen. I'm Jared. With me are Ethan. Hey, it's me. And Adrian. Hey, y'all. And today it's Friday the 13th, both literally today. and that's the name of the movie mm-hmm. we're doing. How convenient. How are you guys doing? It's been a while. Good timing. It's like that Stain song. Which one? Remember that band? Yeah, which song though? I know the band very well. (laughs) 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 Oh man, we haven't done a podcast in like six months, so we're razor sharp. We spent all that time getting better at podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, is that you've been studying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't had Adrian. We haven't had you on since last uh, Halloween, I think. That's right. We were talking about. what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil about. Dead. And, uh, and Dawn the remake. Of the Dawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, today we're doing a movie that had no sequels or remakes, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Just so, one hitter. Yeah, one hit one. So we had to do it this way. We couldn't do... So um, rare. You know, actually, I looked up and there is a remake coming in 2020. Really? Oh. Uh, yeah. There also was a remake in 2009. So yes. What? Weird. Of which there wasn't a sequel, right? Um, no, I don't think that one slow. was successful. Yeah, so that that surprised me. I was expecting at least one sequel, considering there's, what, ten before that? Yeah, but have any of the, like, digital era remakes of horror movies been successful enough for a sequel? You know, I, I think, think Texas Nightmare Chainsaw Massacre, do they have a second one? Um, there, I think two... there's one coming out, Leatherface. Leatherface. Yeah. They did two yeah. Halloweens um, by Rob yeah, Zombie. Yeah, two Halloweens. Yes. They oh, did. really? Yes. Which, well, yeah, there I you wish go. I'd watch those, even though they, I think they are not good. Yeah. yeah Rob Zombie. I'm, I'm not a fan. He had that great song. Which one? Burn the Witches or <laughs> something. <laughs> You're a great Rob Zombie. Very fan of Rob Zombie, yes. Um,. So Friday the 13th, uh, for me, was one of the Halloween must-dos, because this is one of the big-name uh, horror movies that I always missed out on. It's kind mm-hmm. of infused in our culture, but uh, it's one of those that I missed. So the whole hockey mask, uh, whatnot, machetes, you kind of get that from like cultural osmosis, but you know sometimes it helps to uh, sit down and watch the movie that uh, doesn't have any of that in it. <laughs> kind of getting yeah. nice and disappointed right. really waiting for that hockey mask to show up whole time. you know what it was like it was like watching uh the first evil dead and everything you know about the evil dead franchise comes from evil dead 2 yes yep. you're like I where's he gonna get the chainsaw hand right yeah when you say groovy yeah. Yeah, and then the movie just ends. <laughs> Although, I mean, they both have, both one and two have, you know, really good things about it. They're just leading up to three when he finally puts the mask on. It's like, okay, well, here he comes. Here, Wait, here's he doesn't what even you put the mask on the in two? Uh, no, I don't think he does. I think he actually does it in three. Wow. Pretty sure. Okay. I could, so I could I be wrong. You. So oh, that's impossible. That's a good way um, to start. 
kind of, uh, I guess what I've suggested is that I'm a newbie to this franchise. Ethan, have you seen any of the Friday the 13th movies? No, none of them. Oof. And Not what about you, Adrian? Of all, the, of all the Friday all of the 13th? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen one through ten, and I didn't see the one where he went to space. I, I, I thought I'm that was ten. Embarrassed to say, I'm not embarrassed at all to say that he went to space. Wait, I thought he uh, went yes. to space in ten. Was it no? Was it, it was 10? Jason ten? Okay, J. Oh, that's right, Jason, Jason ten. X. The the quest. I don't know if it's Spock. Jason X or Jason ten. Well, it's uh, the tenth movie. I don't know how he got there, but he did. Uh, this was after he went. He ran. To, he went to hell, and then he went to space, and wow. then he went and fought Freddy Krueger in Freddy vs. Jason. Yep, I saw that there was also a movie about him fighting Michael, um, but I don't know if that was canon. Uh, you you said you heard about a movie. It's not in the franchise. So what's that? You said you saw that. You you saw it was a video or a movie. On online, I didn't. I, I didn't do a lot of research on this. <laughs> Probably a fa- you know a fan movie, and there's Freddy versus Jason versus Ash in the comic book world, but I've not heard about Michael Myers. Okay, so over the course of um, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, um, uh, I assume it gets interesting at some point, and there's this guy with a mask. <laughs> <laughs> who does murders yeah yes and i just i just looked on google the trademark hockey goalie mask did not appear until friday the 13th part three so it took a while wow. for him to to you know his fashion sense to come through that's one of the things i'm kind of appreciating as we do this stuff is just how much um horror movies exist as uh kind of a collective instead of um it's kind of like the James Bond franchise. It's hard to pin down which James Bond movie is like the definitive you get everything James Bond related out of it, you know? Yeah. Sure. You kind of have to watch 30 films and you're like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> now I can take part in pop culture. Well, yeah. one of them has got to be James Bondy than all the others, right? Uh yeah, some of them Bond. are more James Bondy than others, but um So it's, we can it's... say with all certainty that uh that uh, Halloween 3 which did not contain any Michael Myers was probably the least Halloweeny of all the Halloweens, right? Yeah, that was the uh well, oddly enough, I was going to say that'd be the George Lazenby one, but um that was a pretty good James Bond movie for mm-hmm. other than the James Bond himself. Mm. All the elements were there. It was one of the most James Bond movies actually. Um. Well, agree to disagree with myself on that. Yeah, let's talk anyway. about James Bond movies more. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. We call it James Bonding. Hey, that's taken. Um. Okay. So back to the movie we're actually talking about. The first yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. Let's see who made this. Uh, this gem. So this was uh. Written by Victor Miller, who's got the story credit on this. And uh-huh. I looked him up, and he's got basically a shitload of Friday the 13th related credits in writing. And then, like, a lot of soap operas, which is a weird <laughs> crossover. Wow, he won wow. three daytime enemies. Yeah. So he's not a slouch. <laughs> no, he's not a slouch. No, no he's, he's got a lot of credits. And then there was an uncredited rewrite by Ron Kurz who um, the only thing I saw of his of mention was he wrote a movie called King Frat, which was about a farting contest between frats. What? Yeah. Our dad's favorite movie. 
Yeah, that one's going to be next. We'll do that does, one. Does that have a poster? Okay. Because I'd like to see that. Uh, you can look on IMDb and see it. It looks like uh, a guy. I just. It, it looks like a frat guy, kind of on the toilet, actually. Which makes wow. No sense. Oh, High, highbrow humor. Yeah, and then this was directed by Sean S. Cunningham, um, who's I couldn't find anything in there that I recognized, but he does have a movie out this year. Uh, the Nurse with the Purple Hair, which is a documentary about a nurse. And I'll leave the rest to with the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think when you think of Sean Cunningham at this point, you'll always think about Friday the 13th because it, it, it created such, it, it, you know, for, for everything that Texas Chainsaw Massacre did, for everything that Halloween did, I think that Friday the 13th was one of the, greatest franchise that started a, the real 80s slasher subgenre of movies and after you had your Friday the 13th movie the success that was the first movie I think it was a lot easier for other studios suddenly to green light you know all sorts of other slashers from I mean you had this kind of genre that immediately spiked which was then later made fun of in movies like uh what, guys, what was the name of that Cab- horror movie Cabin that Joss Whedon? Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. You mm-hmm. know, you couldn't have Cabin in the Woods without something like Friday the 13th. Man, I can't wait to see Cabin in the Woods now and know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> you still haven't seen and that? The weird thing about... um, No, I still haven't. But good, because I wouldn't want to see it uh, ignorant of this <laughs> You this wouldn't. Sub-genre. And it's, it's a fantastic movie, too. And, mm-hmm. and like I was saying, you know, there was My Bloody Valentine and Sleepaway Camp and Prom Night and April Fool's Day. And, you know, all of those sudden slasher movies that popped right out just as soon as they caught a whiff of the success from, you know, this really gory slasher flick. Suddenly everybody was jumping on. Do you guys remember what it was like after Paranormal Activity had its, that huge success? And True. after yeah. Blair, Blair Witch had that That's kind of cool, success. putting it into terms we understand. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how to speak to millennials. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but it's true. I mean, if even Saw, look at look at what happened when mm-hmm. Saw made it really oh, God. big, all and then you had Hostel porn. and all those torture porn movies that was just like, and they they still continue to this day. Oh yeah, I think there's a new Saw movie coming out this year. Yeah, they're trying to reboot it. Right, it's called um, what's the name of the villain? Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Yeah. So well, the weird thing is, um, allegedly, according to, uh. IMDb trivia, the whole Can't reason that it. these guys made this movie was just because they were uh, piggybacking off of Halloween success. Mm-hmm. They, um, I mean, so many people owe a lot to Halloween. Yeah, so the germ of this idea was apparently Halloween meets meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> they had like a, a well. teen sex comedy mixed with uh, a horror movie slasher flick and it kind of, I want to say it kind of follows those beats because it's kind of, for the first uh, 60 minutes of the film, it's like just teens hanging out and then almost um, almost like a Jacob's Ladder scenario, the genre just shifts and then you have a scene where one of them wanders off and gets murdered and then you're back to <laughs> everyone having fun, none the wiser, you're back you to know? meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then it's a strip monopoly again. <laughs> Um, in terms of the cast, uh, Adrian, I don't know if you know who Betsy Palmer was, 
Was she a big thing back in back in the day? I'm not sure what which which role did it say that she played. She played Mrs. Pamela Voorhees. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, she she I believe she she'd a been hot an actress before that. She was. I think she'd been in a lot of movies since um, like the fifties. Yeah. And apparently, she was. I wouldn't say she was a failed actress, but she was no longer in the limelight shall we nobody say. suggested and, she was a failed actress well let us also <laughs> say someone... let us also say one of the reasons she took the movie was because she needed to make like a car payment oh yeah so you know <laughs> i'm not she... saying she was a complete failure as an actress God, <laughs> i don't want to broach that painful topic <laughs> she was struggling a little so they offered her the role apparently and she read the script and thought it was complete shit yeah. and that shit but they crazy. they promised to pay her in casino tokens, and she took the job. <laughs> Give you that buffet discount. She liked that. <laughs> really liked it. So she and she jumped for it. You know, she got the role, and she played the hell out of that role, man. As she hammed it up perfectly. Oh yeah, she was good. Yeah, she she was good. Was anyone else impressed with anyone else in the movie? The the scream queen of this one was Adrian King playing Alice. And then uh, the only other person of note was obviously Kevin Bacon playing Jack. Jack Burl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Who you anticipate is going to last a little longer because it's, well, looking back, it's Kevin Bacon. Um, And also he's the the most studly. Mm -hmm. But at the time he was just, what, known from some soap operas or something? He wasn't Kevin Bacon. He was in like, no, he was only in like one thing before this. Yeah. Oh, he was in um. What was he no, Animal House? Oh, okay. And then he went back to kind of being a workaday actor, and then he got this role. And yes, have they today. made a movie with uh, Kevin Bacon and John Hamm? Oh boy. I mean, come on. You think, you think they're the same no, person? Oh boy. No, I'm just saying. I mean, that's got to be <laughs> like be you delicious. know how they have the Hollywood black <laughs> list or whatever of all the unproduced scripts that are like yeah. dynamite. I mean, that idea alone should just make the list. <laughs> put Kevin Bacon and John Hamm in a movie. Oh man, I did not even, I didn't even put that together just now. Oh, good lord! Yeah, Kevin Ham Bacon. There you go. They should have a baby together. Mm-hmm. I think that name. <laughs> hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> Talking about meatballs. So anyway, obviously, <laughs> the plot of this movie is just a uh, mysterious knifesman kind of guts a bunch of teens as they're trying to refurbish an old summer camp that has a uh, curse on it from 30 years prior. Some kid drowned, and then the next summer, two kids got uh, also knifed. Yeah, a lot of knifing. And that's, it's a, it's a, would you describe it as a slow boil, Ethan? Uh, Yeah, yeah, and pretty sparse as far as like especially if you're waiting the... for that hockey mask <laughs> which i definitely was <laughs> waited a long time yeah it just kind of like moves from from kill to kill but it sounds like you didn't like it jared i didn't not um, like it i wouldn't say i didn't there. like it i would say the first uh hour i was just kind of watching you know what kept happening with flashes in my head and it, you know how sometimes you get the wrong you, your memory's not reliable. So it kept flashing in my head. It was the movie's poster. Now, the movie's poster is a silhouette of a figure holding a knife that's bloody. And then in the middle of the silhouette is, like, the camp. You yeah, know. great poster. But in my head, it was the camp image and then a guy in, like, a mechanics uh, jumper. 
and then a hockey mask and a machete. So I'm thinking that's got to be in the movie. I know I've seen it on the poster. And <laughs> obviously that's not in the film at any point. Wow. A lot of letdowns, huh? <laughs> yeah, but um, I wow. was... I was Disappointment. I was excited once the old... I th- You know, it kind of clicks, because once the old lady comes in it, you realize that they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. Because, you know, I anticipate uh, a horror movie, you're going to have... What I was really waiting for beyond just the hockey mask was that, like, people would kind of realize, oh, my God, we're being hunted. And then there's the whole cat and mouse game. And yeah. yet for the majority of the movie, nobody even knows what's going on. So it's kind of like, you know, you're just watching little uh, micro, um, you know, individual servings of a horror movie. And then you go back to whatever you go back to. But then at the end, it's like, well... Yeah, of course, because if they knew an old lady was hunting them, there'd be no movie. They just gang up on her and beat her up. Yeah, <laughs> I, like that would be scary. Which kids love to see in the theater. You know? Yeah, that's a real winner. Well, I mean, because a... I mean, for me, I was actually counting down the cast that was dying, and I'm like, "There's not enough people left for there to be a horror movie at the end of this movie." Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, even though there it might have been one lady, she was pretty intimidating. Well, once it's one on one. Well, but even then, uh, the the scream queen like bops her on the head a couple times and knocks her out for like twenty minutes, and then gets away, and then she gets cornered again, and then she bops her on the head again. <laughs> so she's yeah, like, she does win like three one on one bouts with the lady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she wins them all. Yeah, she takes her to the mat every time. So yeah, it does get uh, kind does. of diminishing returns. She does. That was yeah. That was my wife's biggest problem. She was like, "How's this old lady?" not only overpower all these young strapping men to kill them, but also she hung one guy on a door. That takes a lot of upper body strength to, to hold she that guy threw up. threw and... one of them through a window. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, that's what window. I kept going back to. It's like, how did you pull this off? She's got well, that, that mom strength. If you see, like when she, she has her sweater on, I swear to you, she has pecs. If, if, you, if you look really closely, she has like this linebacker build with like this periwinkle sweater. And you're like, you're a man. You have to be a man. Like she's you can't just plug. be. <laughs> she's a fire plug. Uh, she takes out so many people. And then at the end, you know, you just think, how how is this girl going to overpower this foreboding grandma who has just <laughs> murdered half the town and uh, wouldn't you know it she pulls through in the end and there you go there you have it folks you have one of the first movies in the franchise where there's a surviving girl just like Halloween where they go on to mm. the next movie and try and survive again and then and <laughs> does she survive the next movie not to spoil it she does survive to the next movie and once you know it, she gets stabbed in the temple with an ice pick oh damn what she does yeah after all that i know she's just hanging out in her house i'm not joking she's just like she gets you know she's living her life now she survived this this insane woman who murdered all of her friends and she's just living her life and then suddenly she's like drinking milk or some shit what you know jason like comes out of nowhere and brains her with an ice pick <laughs> i'm not we gotta, we gotta watch this movie now so is jason a full adult now is he a like a he looked like a young a, kind of a child still in the in the uh screamy finale well it's funny you ask Okay. But I have to tell you, he he 
he turned he so as you know mother is the killer in the first movie yeah big surprise holy shit how'd she do it i was surprised yeah everybody was i'm sure people (laughs) were fainting in the aisles they were shocked (laughs) and then you get to two and you're like all right well what's happening now how if if she was decapitated who the hell's killing all these people well then there he is and then you start wondering okay so whereas the first one was a straight up you know kind of murder mystery second one is like all right is this magical what territory are we getting into here is this (laughs) supernatural is this just another like a serial killer so you know you kind of have this change in in the way you look at you know the villain Mm -hmm. yeah so i I think that's the reason the oh you like that well, I was going to say, like, coming into the movie, like you, Jared, I was expecting the hockey mask guy to be going around just, just killing these horny teenagers. Um, and so coming into it, I was trying to frame some arguments to make for the podcast. And I was like, okay, the clear one's going to be like, okay, Michael versus Jason, because they're kind of the same movies where a kid has some traumatic event or whatever, grows up to be a psycho killer. And then I get the rug pulled out under me, and it's a foreboding grandma instead of Jason the whole time. So that kind of throws that out the window. But it does add more of a realistic element as opposed to Halloween where he's kind of like – he starts off with Michael being kind of a superhuman kind of He's kind of unstoppable killing machine. (laughs) Right. And this one's just a a mom who – you know, lost her marbles when it's her, a tragedy, her boy died. Really, it really is. Yeah, it's just a failure to grieve properly. <laughs> well, that's what it is. I mean, I I think that's a fun topic. Also, just kind of the like seventies and eighties like horror movie. It, it was almost like the nineties in video games, where like you had to have a mascot behind it. Okay. Yes. You know how like you had to have like Mario or like Sonic Crash or whatever. Bandicoot. You couldn't just have a horror movie with like kind of a faceless. Murder. It had to be some type of mascot figure. You know, Freddy's got his claw hand and his uh his get up. You've got the hockey mask. You've got the William Shatner mask. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. But, the chainsaw. Yeah, but we can't do Good that because there's none of that. So I thought of a replacement would be, and this question goes directly to Adrian. Uh-oh. If Mrs. Voorhees uh, were to go up against the Golden Girls. Uh, could she go toe-to-toe with Dorothy? The answer is no. <laughs> what kind of question no. is that? What, co- what kind of business are you running here, sir? Uh, wow. No question. Can you imagine? I, I think Dorothy, Dorothy would pile drive top. her. No, no question. But see, the thing is, Dorothy would need to wear something that isn't so binding because she likes to wear these sweater dresses with the really big um, shoulder pads. Now, yeah, those so shoulder if, pads. Yeah, so if she got like a knitting needle and tore the leg up the middle so she could have room to like kick, <laughs> I guarantee you she would be the winner. Mm. You've thought of this before, Adrian. I've, admit it. I, I dream about it. What can I say? <laughs> Which is, one of the is, Golden, is Golden Girls? Girls on Hulu, by the way? Mm, I don't know. I think it is. I feel like I'm going to start watching it again because people keep posting clips and fucking Dorothy is so savage in that show. <laughs> that show it's is a, savage. A, she's the original Yas Queen. Yeah, she really was. 
And I remember watching that as a kid. It was on at my grandma's house, and uh, I the the thing that stuck with me the most was just how slutty Blanche was as like an old lady. <laughs> yeah, they really pushed that on the show, and it was such a weird thing. They don't even do that now that we have cougars and milfs and whatnot. Right, and she's—I mean, what was she? Maybe fifty-six in the show. She was supposed to be in her late fifties. She wasn't that old, but she was so sexually open that you just were kind of taken aback. Not only because of her age, but she's just vocal about being slutty. And oh, yeah. there were no shows where women women were like weren't that, that slutty back then. Yeah, well, and if you were uh, you on were TV, villain, at least, right? <laughs> if you were a slut, and hey, you know that even comes back to Friday the Thirteenth. You know, another Thank trope you. is that sluts get killed. Yeah, that's, that's right. what happens when you slut around. That was a question I had too. Like, was was this one of the first horror movies that kind of hinged on that morality, where the only the people that got killed are um, ones that are uh, horny, virginous? Yeah. Being horny, no one, no one gets killed well, in this movie until they do something horny. Well, right. I mean, no, that's not fair. The no, hitchhiker fair. girl gets killed <laughs> just for taking a ride to her job. That's true, but she was very horny in that ride. Teens <laughs> are horny. Let's just let's put it just like that. So you just you just know they're all gonna die unless one of them is just very proud of being a virgin. I think that girl uh, probably was horny because that ride was the bumpiest truck ride I've ever seen. (laughs) It's like they didn't, I mean, they obviously couldn't afford a Steadicam. I was like, good Lord, this is a shaky ride. Just like park the car and I'll pretend that the trees are moving by. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was surprised she died so early. I I thought she was supposed to be the, the, you know, the one who gets to the end. And so they pulled a psycho on you, you know? There's a lot of rug pulls. Yeah. I appreciate that. Keep you on your toes. Yeah. I did too. And I'll, my he- my mind was also flashing to how very obviously it was a man's hand holding down Kevin Bacon when he was killed. <laughs> I was like, I'm telling you, she's yeah. very masculine. I, will, uh, I, I can't emphasize that enough. She's a beefy woman. She's beefy. <laughs> she is very beefy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez! As we're talking, I'm going, I'm going back through some clips, oh. and yeah, it's, it's definitely like a man's back, <laughs> yeah. a man's head. <laughs> uh, is this uh, is this technically the spiritual successor to films like New Year's Eve and Mother's Day, <laughs> being the first day-based, uh, holiday-based movie? Hmm, that's a good question. What or I guess Halloween think? came first. Yeah. Well, Halloween, that yes. Obviously. Well, do your yeah. damn research. <laughs> but isn't it crazy that that we're still talking about this franchise to this day, just like Halloween? Yeah, and and Nightmare. I mean, those are like the right, three right. big ones that still hold it up. And I, I'm surprised because I mean, how in the world do young people these days know who the heck Freddy Krueger really is? That that reboot came, you know, like what six years ago or something. Yeah, like a wet Nobody fart. Saw it. Yeah, no one saw it. No one cared. And I'm like, how in the world are is this still relevant? I'll but tell yeah, you how they get into it, Adrian. They start a podcast <laughs> and go back and watch all the movies they missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They drudge their way through. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Try to I imagine how that. people were entertained by this 30 years ago. No, I'm joking. It's a it's a call. Did you like this movie, by the way? Is that for me? 
Yeah, because I know Adrian liked it. Yeah. No, I I did. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. I think the the soundtrack is great. I think the um the makeup is really convincing and very impressive for a five hundred thousand dollar budget. Uh, That's I like what it. you get when you hire Tom Savini, baby. <laughs> and I mean, even just the fact that it was, uh, pretty much just like a pure slasher, where it would just like move from one kill to the next without really much development in between. It is pure in that sense, isn't it? Yeah, they don't they don't fluff it with too much extra. Yeah, it's kind of like just someone's hanging along, and then all of a sudden, hey, what's around that corner? Oh fuck nah, me! I'm dead. I don't think yeah, they swear I'll, in this movie, I'll, do they? If I may, I'll pose a question to know. you guys. Do you feel that this movie has held up? Well, in in a world in 2017 where we have movies about a doctor sewing somebody's mouth to somebody else's ass. <laughs> and, oh, in terms of the gore? In ter- well, in terms mm. of horror, in terms of a, a, what you would think a horror movie is, uh, in this world where we have Hostel and we have now Jigsaw coming out and we have very graphic movies based on really f- emphasizing how much pain people are in and gore as well, do you feel like Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th holds up as a horror film? Well, Ethan, I'll let you feel that. Uh, yeah, I would actually say it did, because, like I was saying, the the makeup was really good, so it could have, I mean, if, if that part was lacking, it really, I think, would have kind of submarined the whole thing, but, like, when that chick has the axe in her face, <laughs> I was like, damn. So, I, I mean, I, I think I was legitimately uh, spooked out by some of it, and there's a lot of good jumps, and the the music, like I said, I think holds up, too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I mean, I don't typically get... Some of that stuff gets to me. Like, we talked about Evil Dead, and I think there was a scene where the girl is intentionally licking the blade of a machete until her tongue splits in half. Boo. And that oh. gave me, like, the jiblies, but I wouldn't say that's scary. It's just kind of... It, you know, it's like uh, it's like watching a needle go into her arm. Um, and I wouldn't yeah. say this was really that scary either but i mean what scares me usually is more like david lynch stuff or like the shining like that kind of confusing spooky stuff things being there that shouldn't be there uh, people get have stabbed you ever been scared of a movie and where maybe the villain was out to get you following you chasing you something like that because this you know this is slasher genres pretty much people being chased down yeah, mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, definitely, I think before I was, you know, like, maybe 14-ish, I, th- I mean, I was very easy to scare in movies, and I think this probably would have scared me if I saw this, you know. Uh, one thing I was impressed by was the fact that the twist hasn't been spoiled for me. That's true. That's a good point. I would have definitely thought I would have known that by now. Yeah, and looking back, I think I probably heard it and then just, like, dismissed the information, but... um. At the time, Maybe. while watching the film, I was very surprised. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the um, uh, the dude who was playing strip monopoly with them. Oh, really? Oh, you well, know they, the thing was, they kind I of got set that it guy up to confused with the other Jewish-looking dude. <laughs> like they kept like coming in and out of the frame, and I kept forgetting which one was which. <laughs> well, I think they want you to think it's the guy I thought it was because he keeps leaving and coming back, and in that time kills are happening 
Oh, yes. man, you're following it better than me. <laughs> I was following it too closely. Yeah. And so that, yeah, that was a, like a, a twist for me. And then of course the grandma was a twist too. Right. And then the, the water baby at the end was a twist too. Ooh, that was a twist of all twists. <laughs> well, I have to say since, since you guys asked in the beginning, uh, was it well? What we were talking about were the films that kind of, I guess, uh, emulate or kind of portray that particular franchise in such a way where you think, oh, you know, when I think about Friday the Thirteenth, I think about blah blah. Well, I think you guys would have to watch all the way to like part five or six to actually see like a real. Friday the 13th, full-on hockey mask, you know, killing camp counselors, killing teens. Is it always a camp? (laughs) Not always. It it, it changes, actually. I think part... (laughs) When the camp goes to space. Yeah. (laughs) Space camp. Space camp, yeah, that's a thing. Well, eventually they learn their lesson. It's like, all right, people keep getting, you know, killed by the dozens in this (laughs) fucking lake. Shouldn't we maybe, like, do something about it? And eventually they do something about it, but as it stands, for the most part, it's in a, it's by the lake. It's usually campers, because that's who's around, or people driving by. People who, who don't realize that, you know, it's Jason's territory. But mm-hmm. my point is, I think if you guys want to see a really, really strong Friday the 13th film that really encapsulates what's really great about this type of movie and about Jason. I think maybe six is all the way you have to go. Cause oh, God damn it. Wait, damn. up to six or just six? Just just go to six. You don't oh. really need to do... Part two is just more of the same, just not as interesting. Part three was uh, a 3D-made sort of film back before 3D was actually 3D. Really? Oh yeah! Watch that one. Uh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so there's like an ex- a head head exploding, an eye coming out at the screen, and <laughs> you know they just made it because 3D was popular right then. I think it was around the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It was maybe a little before Jaws 3D, and you know these other movies came wanting to like shock the crowd and maybe get more money for the franchise, which was slowly deteriorating. Then by part, you know, five. You know, it was kind of hitting its stride and saying, "All right, we don't need to go, you know, be crazy about this. Let's just um, let's do this right. It's just Jason. It's just a killer zombie out to murder, you know, sex- highly sexualized teens, and let's just leave it at that." And as it turns out, it was actually a pretty entertaining flick. Okay. And did you see the remake? I did see the remake. Yes, and I did like the remake. Was it most? Hmm. Did it try to pull in some of those later in the franchise? You know. Uh, tones or ideas i think to to an extent although i think they were really trying to reboot the whole thing and you know give you an idea of of jason as kind of a starting villain i don't think they really went balls to the wall like they could have i kind of feel like it had that glossiness that Mm. the remake for texas chainsaw massacre had and do you like that is that good or bad i don't care for it I think it's a certain stylistic mm-hmm. uh, choice or a stylistic kind of, uh, how would you say, the, kind of the way things were right at that time, you know, when you had these very glossy horror movies that had this kind of lighting and kind of gloss to it. Yeah, the digital and, remakes. How, yeah. how do you mean? It's like the digital age. It's like, oh, now we, we can do all the blood in CG yes, and that'll right. make it better. 
sure, the backgrounds you can tell are probably mm-hmm. filtered. It's not actually shot by a camera. It probably was post-production. You know, everything's a little too pretty. The the actors are too pretty. I, I, I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I like seeing pretty people. <laughs> in a horror movie, for example, if you think back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I believe that those kids were kids. You know, I believe that they were from where they kind of imply they're from. They're just regular teens, you know, going about their business who happen to fall into an environment of chaos and like horror, true horror. Yeah. You know, actually, throughout this movie, I kept having the impression like, was this film, was this scene scripted or did they just kind of like give them a basic idea like when the boy uh pulls a sandlot and he like pretends to drown to get a kiss oh yeah (laughs) and they're trying to pull him out of the water one of the kids grabs the uh lifesaver and throws it in like while the kid's already practically at the dock and then they just don't use it (laughs) yeah i noticed that too (laughs) and it's just like a weird thing to do unless like it just looked very natural because it's like why would you script that someone would throw in the lifesaver and then no one would grab it well i mean most of them were non-actors right right well like the one the chick who gets killed after the car ride didn't i was reading that they just like grabbed her out out of some office and then started filming the next day (laughs) she was just a cashier at the dollar tree (laughs) before you know it she was the star of the show well that kind of was my main question from this and i guess maybe you've already answered adrian but my question was does a low budget uh pay for itself when it comes to horror like, would you rather have only half a million dollars for a horror movie rather than, like, $20 million? Well, it depends on, on who who you're asking, right? I'm if asking you're you. The director, well, if you're, <laughs> if you're the director, of course, yeah, shovel that money this way. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting your name out, you're... No, but I mean, come... in terms of the be- in, in the, qua- the movie itself, do you think you'd have a better movie? Do you, you seem like you like it better when it's kind of it's more believable because it's lower production value. Well, you know what? I've talked about this with my friends and, you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of using the type of effects you would see in the 80s and the early 90s before CGI became, you know, such an eyesore, so prevalent, kind of like a crutch to Mm -hmm. get, try to get your point across or to imply action is here, you know, make it very kinetic simply by using CGI. Whereas, you know, a film like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, other, other horror movies, you know, you have people on their hands and knees, you know, dabbing people with latex and, you know, getting the perfect look to this makeup and gosh it's going to be really look really good if it's going to look like your eyes are gouged out something like that whereas you know movies today i think for not i wouldn't say a large extent but unfortunately a good amount has replaced maybe more expensive physical techniques with you know some whatever cgi that you got from whatever company you could get for the budget and i really dislike that what about you, Ethan? Yeah, no, I, w- I would agree. I think the 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 tactile feel you get from real life um, effects comes through, and I mean, I, I think a lot, so much of it is just that, like most technologies when they first came out, like we were talking with the 3D, they're just making 3D movies just because that was a hot thing, and maybe they didn't really understand how to use it properly yet. Um, same thing with like CG, and it seems like now there's kind of recently coming 
to a kind of a backlash to that with some major movies that are doing more practical effects like Mad Max and some of the new Star Wars. Um, so now it's like we're kind of getting it. But at, for the most part, I feel like if you can do it with practical effects, like the makeup in this movie, like it nine out of ten times is way better. And like maybe it's more limiting, but maybe that's a good thing sometimes to kind of keep it more a little bit tighter and sure. not just going off all over the place, like making people's heads explode just because you can. Well, can Maybe you guys tell, I mean, I personally can tell, you know, real blood, nine times out of ten, I can tell when real blood is spurting versus, <laughs> oh, can you? Where, you know, maybe not real blood, but whatever. <laughs> Fake blood, you got, yeah. you got spurts going. And then when you have CG, it's just, I can always tell that it kind of has this quality where my eye is already now perhaps trained to notice it. So from what I've seen from, I think it was uh, the remake of... Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the no Day of the Dead, which is just one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen. I digress, <laughs> but you see sometimes in TV shows where they can't really afford to have somebody come and create a structure in which blood squirts from someone's neck, and so you have this very computerly looking kind of matte blood that's supposed to be squirting everywhere, and it just mm-hmm. looks fake. I don't know. Do yeah. you guys notice stuff plus, like that, or do you care? Yeah, oh, no. Absolutely. Plus, like. For, with the blood or um, like the scene where, where Kevin Bacon gets offed like it it looks a little cheesy like his neck compared to his face you can tell his, he's like under the pillow but <laughs> the he as the actor is there reacting to what's happening to his yes. character as yeah, opposed to like him imagine point. your neck is and you know yeah you can't like see it the, happening below you exactly and it like and then there's, there's just there's like a disconnect there but yeah, like the blood actually splurts on the person's face. It's like they're reacting in real time, which is what you want right. from an actor. That's a very good point. <laughs> and I agree about the blood spurts. And I miss, um, I love, you know, like Paul Verhoeven bullet shots where a guy's chest just basically explodes when he's shot. <laughs> and you kind of have to do that practically. Otherwise, it doesn't really work. Right. Yeah. yeah well, can, I mean, if... Just if you see these days zombie movies, you know, they're kind of a dime a dozen. And again, you see those blood effects where, you know, you know they took the cheap route. When in reality, I think if you have a really, um, a strong team that really understands how to do good effects on a budget, I really can't understand why people consistently choose to hire a, a, a computer art, you know, a, a computer team to give you your special effects when you can find somebody who'll do it just as well or maybe even better with a practical effect. Yeah, I would think that, I mean, it's weird how that's one of the few, um, well, I don't know if that's one of the few, but it's it's one of those art forms that for some reason being good at that like doesn't attract directors or I don't know if they can't field these people or something, but it's like that. Yeah, they go all, they go nine times out of 10 for the CG. And I've never spoken to someone who thinks that it's better. You know, maybe they don't care, but almost nobody prefers it. And a lot of people prefer it the other way. Yeah. It's, it's kind of seen as like the lazier route, even though it obviously takes a lot of work to do the computer graphics. It's still seen <laughs> you know as like what kind of a, <laughs> You know, it spelled it out uh, to some degree for me. Um, I was like, holy shit, when they uh, cut the snake's head off because it was so obviously an actual <laughs> snake that they just fucking butchered on camera. <laughs> and that yeah. you don't see anymore at all, obviously. 
<laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's oh, true. my. <laughs> and then yeah, so and, but I mean, that, you know, do, do it all the way real. Why not? Sorry, <laughs> right. You didn't have so many rules back then. Child <laughs> yeah. labor. Who cares? Yeah, why don't we just actually kill the kids? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing realer than that. <laughs> they're not real people. Not in 1980, <laughs> they're not. They signed up for this. <laughs> so, uh, did you, Ethan, did you have any closing notes on Friday the 30th, your first uh, trip to Camp Crystal? Um, Crystal Lake, was it? What Crystal was Lake. It yeah. Crystal Lake. Yes. I thought that was a beverage. <laughs> Crystal Light. <laughs> I drink Crystal Lake. That sounds delicious. Uh, closing thought. I mean, I'm definitely glad I saw it. It does put into perspective the kind of camp horror movies that I, I, I haven't really seen too many of them I can think of. I mean, I've seen Cabin in the Woods, which is obviously riffing on this movie and others. So it kind of helps to to kind of go back and and find those um those genesis points. Uh and I like I was saying I think it holds up. I think it's it's worth watching. It's I was watching it with my wife and it's kind of the fact that there isn't really much um it's not like a dense plot at all. <laughs> yeah. Kind of gives you some more room to have fun with it. So like, you know, you're like yelling at the screen like don't go in the bathroom. <laughs> and like you can just I don't know, you just have a little more fun with it. Yeah, that it, is fun. It's a fun <laughs> horror movie. Um I would say I I think I would tell your your listeners who are listening that uh if they want to fast forward to maybe part 6 <laughs> and into part 7 at least give it give it another chance because I think the first two they were really you know getting their stride. It was not quite full Jason, who it probably is more of the inspiration for the video game that we're going to be seeing soon. Uh, or is it out yet? It, is Friday, uh, Friday the Thirteenth the, the video game? Oh, it says twenty seventeen in here. <laughs> I don't know if it's out or not. Well, so hmm. I mean, I think if you think of the game, you're you're thinking probably later. Uh, versions of Jason, the kind, the guy who can pretty much break through walls, teleport, walk at ridiculous speeds, you know, take you out with, with like a, a, what is it, like a, what is it called? One of those hook guns, those dart guns. A harpoon? And just like a, a harpoon, like from across the dock and shoot you right in the fucking eye. You know, that's, that's the Jason that's in the video game. He will destroy you. And I think if you get to part six, seven, you're, you're, I think you, you give it a chance. Don't, you don't have to go as far as eight where he goes to New York and he's fighting in the sewers. <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan. What's happening here? Why are you in New York? That's it just great. doesn't make any sense. Jason then, does Dallas. <laughs> and then he goes to hell and then somehow his oh, same difference possesses Jeez. people in the town. And then later he goes to space. I'm sorry I didn't see that one. Maybe we can do a full show just dedicated to that one. I'm not yeah. sure, but uh I would suggest eh, give it a give it a try later, but uh, I'm I was glad to see it again. It's a good film. So there's no code in that game where you get to play as a 60-year-old woman. Stricken with reporting <laughs> so. grandma. I would totally want that. There is a code, though, for the original NES uh, uh, costume. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys played the NES version, but I, he has that purple-green outfit he has, and, and I, apparently it's in the game. We should definitely watch Jason 10 yeah. after this. Mm. 
We should go through and watch just the tenth entry of long running franchises without <laughs> any other knowledge of the, of the entire franchise. This is all in jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to give the impression that I didn't like this movie. It was, it was just, it, it's odd. It was actually, it felt like the first time I watched Doctor No, where again you have all this residual, um, you know, knowledge and idea of what James Bond is, and then Doctor No is very little of that it's it's very much a stripped down um almost ascetic take on that property and that that's the same thing as this and actually it's pretty impressive how um it it would be harder to get a more um you know kind of boiled down to its necessary ingredients slasher movie yeah yeah it's pretty yeah, so maybe i'll give six a try and see what the the wackiness is about <laughs> I think it's worth it. I, I really like Six. Six is, you know, it has Tom Matthews from... Did you guys... Have you seen Return of the Living Dead? No. No, man. Have you watched uh, every horror movie that's ever been made? <laughs> <laughs> I was very busy in the 80s. I was a kid who just liked to get up on Saturday mornings and literally just turn on some <laughs> some horror movies that I had rented from the gas station. But anywho, uh, yeah, I would say... Take a look at six, and part seven has a has a telekinetic. So you may want to jump on that Jean Grey train. Mm. <laughs> I'm not joking; it's wonderful. I, wow. it's, it's one of my favorite Friday films. I mean, if you have Jean Grey versus Jason, haven't you ever wanted to know? You know what happens in that situation. <laughs> so this is better, you think, than uh, the Friday film with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. That's so, a damn good film. Well, speaking of... Um, <laughs> My Ethan, oh, God. Ethan, what would you say is a good companion piece to this movie? A movie you might watch uh, alongside it as a double feature? Uh, as a double feature? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, one that I've put a lot of thought into. That's like, exactly like, what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just go with my original answer, which was comparing it to Halloween. And another, I guess, slasher villain in, in Mike Myers, who you are introduced as a child first. So there you go. You can compare the two, even though this one doesn't contain Jason. But you still get the idea. It's yeah. fun to imagine Jason was Jason Alexander the whole time. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> uh, Adrian, what about you? Um... Probably Cabin in the Woods. I think once you see a movie like, you know, Friday the 13th and like Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, all those really gross monsters and characters that are, for example, uh, Pinhead from um, mm. uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. There you go. Um, I just watched that recently. That's a quality movie. Yeah, so it's like you can appreciate that movie even more. And every time I see that movie, I just, you know, makes me smile because you can tell the people who who uh, wrote it and, you know, Joss Whedon, you know, they really care. They they give a shit, you know, that this is a part of it. And it is a part of our American culture, you know, our, our cinema in the 80s. There's a reason why you go to the even the dollar store and they have hockey masks in the Halloween section. Mm-hmm. Well, without this movie, you wouldn't have a fucking 
hockey mask in the Halloween section. It was because yeah, of this point. movie, 1980. It's still relevant. He's still scaring people. And uh, I think that uh, Cabin in the Woods really kind of, it's a love letter to all the horror movies like this. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that would be the companion piece. We okay, got to start right getting some, um, uh, some Mrs. Voorhees masks in there. <laughs> it's the big sweater. Is she still alive? Yeah. I want to give her a hug. She can't possibly be. <laughs> the laws of wow, nature. Pessimist here. Yeah. Um, yeah. The companion right. piece. I was really tempted to do uh, Wet Hot American Summer for the camp <laughs> angle because that whole yeah. beginning of the movie feels like oh, a bunch of horny kids having a great time. Yeah. Um, but I think actually I'd rather do a Club Dread. Which was the uh, Broken Lizard <laughs> comedy troupe's take on the slasher film. Um, and again, it's got a machete, which this one didn't have, but I was expecting it. So you get your yeah, machete, machete and you fail. get your Friday the 13th. Yeah. There you go. That's a good one. Um, I think we're all going to agree on the next one, which is who is the hardest man in this movie? And uh, I'll let Ethan go because he was really chomping at the bit to give his answer for it. But I think I know what it is. I mean, there really is only one answer. And it's the most literal, I think, that we've had to date for this podcast. But at about 24 minutes into the movie, I'm looking at the still right now. We pan up from a young man lying on the dock to get a great shot of Kevin Bacon's full bacon <laughs> in his wow. little speedo. And oh. it looks like a baby elephant trunk. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. So that actually was not my answer. Oh, how could you not have no. an answer? Go back to my 24 answer... minutes in the movie and watch it. <laughs> I'll I'll look at it. I noticed that I think that one of the Jewish looking guys had a speedo and his his bulge looked somehow square. Looked like he had That's a square Kevin Bacon. Dick. Oh, was that Kevin Bacon? Is a square dick? Yeah, he's got like a like a a leveled off <laughs> penis head. <laughs> it looks like, like an elephant to, trunk. He tried to uh, stuff, but he stuffed like just like a <laughs> uh, actual like lead pipe down there. <laughs> Oh, um, no, the one I had, I did make a note that Kevin Bacon does extremely good movie humping. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, he you makes, yeah, he's got a good undulation, very snake-like, which you want. Very sexy. Um, <laughs> no, my uh, my answer was um, fucking Steve Christie in that opening scene where he's dressed like one of the village people uh, chopping wood. And those jean shorts <laughs> and that it's... mustache. Is that his name in the movie? Is that Peter Brower? Yeah, Peter Brower with the because mustache just, and the the kerchief. I just googled it, and you are correct, sir. <laughs> there we go. You are correct. He is the missing village person. <laughs> he's chop. He's choppy, the wood chopper. Oh yeah, which is not as popular as like a Native American and the leather guy. Yeah. I felt yeah, bad that he comes back to the... I expected he was going to breathe new life into the camp. You know, he's kind of the unstable element. This extremely manly man is coming back to set yeah. things straight, and he gets you know, fucking he gave a shit. immediately. Like, he gave a shit about that camp. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Lieutenant but, Dangle. Now he's <laughs> <laughs> um, Adrian, did you have a different answer? Oh, no. Peter Brower, is the, okay. he did it for me. <laughs> All right, still doing it. He's just that amazing. Um, 
So uh, the only other side note I had was when the old lady started killing people was Raquel Welsh is a real bitch. <laughs> That's a good one. That's all I got. Did you notice? I looked it up. There's a fun fact. The little that noise that they kept coming through in the soundtrack, the the kiki ki ma ma ma. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were actually playing on it being kill, kill, ma ma because the kid was telling his mother to kill. Uh, eat Jerry. Eat Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so is so the film is the film implying like she's uh just has PTSD about the whole thing and she's hearing voices or she's just full off her rocker and she's just doing this because you know she's just insane. I thought she went full psycho. Uh, a little of this. She was kind of speaking to herself, right? Yeah, cause she was hearing the voices. So she had some split personality happening. Maybe. Or maybe Jason was psychically telling her to do yeah, that. Yeah, this we've is getting heavy. The door to that. This is getting really heavy, I have to tell you. Now I'm really yeah. thinking. What <laughs> the, the fuck? Uh, that's what we want. Is the he only... a, a, he's a zombie, right? He came back out of the muck after dying. Ooh, and then he talks to his mother psychically. And then he grows into an adult man 30 years after dying. <laughs> exactly. That so does he grow into quick. like a forty-year-old man, or is he like in his prime? You can't tell when he takes his mask off. He could be maybe between twenty and a hundred and fifty-seven. <laughs> mm, He's just like uh, it's like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, just like Kevin Bacon's acting range. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the best trivia that I noticed was when the, they're playing Monopoly, and obviously the script tells the girl she has to roll an eight or like double sixes. She very clearly mm. rolls a three. <laughs> it's horse shit. Like, why'd you even let that in the shot if you're just going to make it up? <laughs> like, Man, Big plot hole. Yeah, exactly. They're obviously Cheater. just drunk. Um, next time I play, though, I'm definitely going to say, what did she say? Like, next ticket to Skin Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to have to be the opening line on this one. Because I couldn't find Ooh. any that were like made for good opening lines yeah those are good well anyway, hey, I, uh, I wanted to ask you guys did you guys care at all about any of the people who were killed in that movie <laughs> oh, did no, you no, want no, anyone no. to live tell the truth uh the hitchhiker girl a little bit but she died so quick um i did like the the girl who initiated the monopoly she mm. seemed the coolest yeah yeah she had and some jean, jean shorts i actively wanted the comedian guy to die Oh God! Oh, I hate yeah, so yeah. yeah, I was very excited. Um. So, Adrian, by the way, did you see the It remake? I did. Yes. Oh, maybe we could do an It remake one in in two weeks. How about that? Sure, that would be great. You saw the old It, I assume. I saw the old one, and I've read the book. Okay, Ooh. so maybe we could do that. You know, I'm expert. surprised that Frankie didn't do It on his uh new movies podcast. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really he does the new that ones. Up. He did. We'll have to see. If we can wrangle him. If we got you and Frankie on, that would be almost too much. I think you can handle all those hard men. That's a lot of hard men. But I mean, you guys both have so much enthusiasm for uh, exactly what you're into. <laughs> it's, you know, you've got you know, you're very niche oriented. It's our souls. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we have souls, it, it helps oh, get through it. the day. All right. Well, I think let's wrap it up. Uh, folks, listener, if you've got any uh, 
difference of opinion on the hardest man or the companion piece or uh, the question we asked about low budget making the movie, uh, send those questions or hate mail to hardmentoplease at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at hardmentoplease, although nobody's tweeting there. Uh, and you can subscribe and rate on iTunes and Stitcher, which we are still updating, obviously, because you're listening to this. So, that all said, I'll see you, you fellas on Saturday the 13th. Tomorrow. Whoa. The 14th. Oh. Alright. See you then. See ya. Love you, listener. Alright, see ya. Psycho killer.